Welcome to The Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Jennifer. I'm Spencer. Cheers. Cheers. All right, now we all have to drink. Get that nice little awkward uh, silence while everybody drinks, but <laughs> mandatory to drink, uh, especially if you're cheersing, right? Yeah. So, um, welcome. Uh, this week, we've got Jennifer and Spencer on. Um, so let's start with you, Jennifer. We always like to, first time we have somebody on, ask them a little bit about their alcoholic background, history, relationship, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about it. And my relationship to alcohol, I grew up with three older brothers. Mm-hmm. So youngest and only girl. So we had more beer, I would think, when I became of age in <laughs> high school and stuff. Um, so, But I also liked wine. Nice. I think I started with wine. Um, wine tasting, getting to Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I became aware in college of beer more. Mm -hmm. I think that's (laughs) normal for college. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I didn't have the craft brew bug then. Um, So I drank all the big guys. Yep. Um, And then after college, I realized, okay, wine's great, but beer's still really, really good. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I was like, Okay, let's let's see what kind of beer I like. So it was an evolution of trying to figure out what kind of beer I liked, yeah. right? And I started out liking more of the Belgian beers. Nice. Okay, I think yeah. that's true. With, I mean, again, wine, beer, any alcohol—you kind of have to venture a little bit and yeah. taste and kind of start to discover and find what you like. And then once you find something you like, then it just starts a big snowball, right? <laughs> and you I get agree. into trouble from I there. Agree. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where I started, and then I can talk a little bit later about the evolution into home brewing. But um, yes, that's going to be the fun part of this this uh, whole conversation today. I love it. So Spencer, how about uh, how about you? I grew up in the Midwest, so there's not much else going on. So we drink. (laughs) Yep. And uh, starting out, I think probably in high school, like uh, many generations that preceded me, we would steal whatever alcohol was available in parents' refrigerators. (laughs) Go out to a field someplace in the Midwest and uh, get drunk. Yeah, and right. I'd like to say that's just Midwest, but I think it's uh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, probably pretty universal, <laughs> yes. exactly. Um, yeah, following Jennifer's lead, uh, I went to college. You know, alcohol is a big part, I think, of most college experiences. Um, not everybody, I guess I should say, but where I went, um, it was. And then to this point, uh, following Jennifer's lead, once again, I, I started out drinking natural ice, so a lot of the ice beers. I mm-hmm. uh, realized that there was better beer out there to be drank and then uh, drank my way through probably uh, most of the domestic producers. And then I think and I'm using air quotes as I say this, probably my first foray into craft brew was probably uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager mm-hmm. because there wasn't much else available craft wise. Once again, air quotes in Ohio at the time. So, well, and I, I think they kind of broke. I mean, not that craft brewers didn't exist, but they really, I think, broke ground and, and made them noticed. Right. You know, well, I think they were the ones that. Uh, made me realize that there, there was such a thing as an IPA because there was no other brewer out there at the time that had an IPA that was available to me where I was at. So, you yeah. know, so I feel that uh, since then I thought, all right, beer can have a taste that's more than just uh, grains and uh, <laughs> there's actual hops that go into it. There can be some bitterness. All right. Yeah. So that brings us to today. Yeah. And and, and I think that that's a, a, a standard journey because you do you start drinking the big guys right yeah. you, and and uh, the macro breweries because it's out there it's available it's inexpensive you know <laughs> you can buy it off at the at the liquor store hopefully right. um 
But then when um, you start tasting other things, you realize, again, not that that's bad beer, no. but that there's other options that, that go much deeper. Well, with ice beers, there's, it's bad. <laughs> Let's clarify. Yeah. Yes. I, think I never got the foray into oh. that. Good for you. <laughs> I guess one's that you think it's good when you're yeah. young and drinking it, yeah. and then later you realize, what was I thinking? Well, in your mind, I think at the time, good was cheap, right? Yes. Because that, that cheap meant you could drink more beers. Yes. So, and the, buy more beers. Yeah. And the more you buy and the more you drink, the better they taste. Exactly. <laughs> and I had female friends who actually liked beer. Too, yeah. Um, as opposed to having none that didn't, so that kind of fostered the relationship a little bit. What did they drink back then? Um, Sierra Nevada, too, was kind of the main one, but also Corona. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an easy drinker. You know, I went to Cabo a long time ago, and that's you know with the lime. You know, the, those are kind of the forays into it. So it was not none of the domestics. None of the domestics, domestics. No, although Miller Lite, you know, a little bit, but um, it was. Uh, once I learned about wine, I go, hmm, wine's more interesting. So it's kind of like I, I'm in parallel. You know, I yeah. did a lot of wine first. And for my, my job, we did a lot of wine tasting customers. Yeah. And so, but then I'm like, well, I like the beer better. I yeah. like the craft beer. Well, right? I think it's good to have balance too, though. I mean, not to just, I mean, it, there's something you said for only liking wine or only liking beer or only liking them to pick your spirit and, sure. um, or cocktails or whatever it may be, but. You got to have the balance, I think. Yeah, so. I went through a hard alcohol phase, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, the reason we're here today yeah. is to talk about home brewing, um, which is I, I've, I'm new to, and not new to as in doing myself, but yeah. new to as in actually kind of spending more time on it than just, oh, you homebrew, that's cool. Because <laughs> um, I will admit that that's kind of been my reaction in the past. Um and uh, so um, we'll want to talk about, uh, let, let's just start about talking about how you guys got into home brewing, and then we'll talk about home brewing it, itself. So, sure. Yeah. Um, so I think about four or five years ago, I was at a stage where I really wanted to understand the process, mm-hmm. right? Like you, I'm like, well, what is home brewing? <laughs> how do I do it? Um, so I did a little bit of research and said, okay, well, here's a kit. Yeah. But I like to validate my like um, questions and opinions. And Spencer's been great for that. He's like, yeah, I think this starter kit would be perfect for us. And I said, hey, do you want to do it with me? Now, real quick. And I don't know if Amazon was like the thing at the time. I mean, did you go online and just find a kit or did you go to a so, store? So um, there's a local store here, a local craft brew that and we oh, okay. went online and they had specials. It's the starter kit. So it was a pretty legit starter kit. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like this super low end. No. Yeah. No, I mean, I, not that. It went high end, but you know what I mean? I'm yeah. assuming there's some you can get on Amazon for probably 20, 40 bucks. Sure. You know, I, I was going to say, like, I probably, um, what, what Jen bought isn't, you could probably find most places. It wasn't super special. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, we say starter kit, it's a boil kettle, um, some of the fermentation equipment, some instructions, basic beer. Um, and All so everything you need to brew. Yeah. I mean, okay. you think you can find them most places. Okay. But it's pretty basic to begin with. Got yeah. It. Okay. And I want to say that, you know, I was in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, in smaller apartment than this one we're in now. Now to clarify, a one bedroom apartment that was probably about 600, 650 square feet. Yeah. So, and um, that's one thing that I surprised had, me a little is you yeah. don't need no. the space because no. I've always imagined this real elaborate, you no. know, chemistry lab or maybe not quite that, but you know what I mean? No, that's so. it. You know, until you do it, you just don't understand that part of it. I've never been 
until then, I was talking to Spencer last night, and we were like, did you know any home brewers prior to you starting? I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's right? brave, just diving yeah, on in. Yeah, just like diving on in. So my relationship is I wanted to understand it more. Yeah. Right? I wanted to understand it. Maybe, I, you know, I had a passion for it. I liked the beer. I wanted to drink. Um, I liked the, the women in the brew. Um, and also, you know, thinking the future kind of career, you know, if I wanted to help people, my background is in marketing, graphic design, branding, um, to brew, you know, brand their brew, they need to trust me. In order to trust me, I need to know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Right? So So by living it, you'll you'll be able to know what you're talking about exactly. and be better in your job. And then I potential became, future career. Exactly. And I became enamored with it in the process and every it's so it, it's more than a hobby. But it started out as a hobby, right? And so I've been enamored of like doing better, getting to the next phase. And Spencer yeah. helped along the way. For yeah. And I've seen where you guys are now. You guys have equipment and, yeah. and uh, I mean, freezers and um, I, I, what's the name? The, the It's called a keezer. A keezer. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about that. It's a chest freezer kegerator. Um, so which I guess is a portmanteau of a portmanteau, which uh, a kegerator is... Uh, a refrigerator that's been repurposed to serve beer out of it. So okay. you get keg and refrigerator. We've taken that concept and, and um, merged it with a chest freezer. And so we have a chest freezer that serves beer now. And so you get keyser now out of that. Nice. Um, okay. So you guys went from this like little kit in, in the yeah. small kitchen to like, I mean, not this huge. I mean, you're still. Well, I was going to say like to, ex to expound upon what you were talking about earlier for space. When we got started out. I think Jen's kind of dedicated space requirements for homebrewing was um, the bottom portion of a closet. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. And just like, a, you know, a, a standard broom closet, nothing huge or fancy, you're going to need that to store your equipment when it's not being used. And you're also going to need that space when you're actually fermenting because you're going to want to keep your beer out of sunlight and you're not going to want to trip over it all the time while it's in your <laughs> small apartment. Yep. Okay. And so um, to get to where we are now with the Keezer, I think like any hobby that you do, over time, you do things recurrently and you realize they can be done easier. And usually easier means uh, throwing more money at it. And mm -hmm. so uh, <laughs> where we're at in terms of brewing is you can start very basic. But as you do more and more brews, you realize that there's easier, faster ways to do things. And you invest in the hobby and it helps you get better at it in doing so. Yeah, and I'm saying it's a total investment, I yes. would imagine, like like so many other things, right? You start out small and then if you really want to do it big, it that's when you start and, spending And you're money. okay doing it small, too. We were looking back at how many brews we've done, and I think we're on our 39th brew. Oh, wow. And But the first two years uh, did about four. Okay. Well, so the, the, the Keezer, I mean, the Keezer was born out of frustration with bottling. Um, we bottled for a ton of our initial brews. I mean, it was, what, our 30th brew? Mm-hmm. Up until 30 brews, which we told a couple of people at homebrew that we were still bottling and they looked at us like we were crazy. And we realized we probably need to do something differently. Time to evolve beyond that. Yeah. Exactly. Because well, so every time that you do a batch, you have roughly 60 beers that you have to bottle at the end, which means that in the interim, you have to maintain 60 bottles on hand, which eat up space in your apartment. Mm -hmm. And then it's uh, somewhat restricting because you don't want to maintain more bottles. Um and the fact you have bottles filled with beer eliminate you from being able to do a second batch. So you pretty much have to wait uh, until the first batch is drank before you start a second batch. That makes sense. And on top of it, you have times where your beer doesn't carbonate. And a ton of taste of beer is related on carbonation. So we would wait we'd wait a month for a batch to get finished, 
only for it to come out flat. Right. Oh, and no. we finally realized there must be a better way to go about this. Yeah. So the frustration level, as you do anything you love or trying to do at work or anywhere, frustration level made a change. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, and, that drives that um, change. Drives the change. And, you know, everything's not perfect, right? No, no, it never <laughs> is. Um, so now... Spencer, it sounds like Jennifer dragged you into it, um, just coming up and then saying, give me some advice or what's your thoughts kind of a thing. Or It's been a, a tremendous um, resource for me and a help. Um, we divide and conquer. And, and you uh, had no experience prior? You just... Well, so to be fair, like, we've been friends for a while and she came up to, to ask me if I was interested. She, she knew I uh, in college I studied biology. And so okay. I'd also had a chemistry, uh, chemistry background along with that. And so... This kind of fit within the wheelhouse of, of things I've done privy, previously. And so when she said, hey, do you want to brew beer? I thought, okay, cool. Science experiments I can drink at the end. I'm out. <laughs> there you Count go. me in. So yeah. that kind of got us started in our brewing pathway there. Nice. Yeah. The, he's uh, been instrumental too with, because um, I've worked full time, right? Um, not that Spencer didn't, but, you know, he's very much an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and helped pose ideas, right, that I didn't think about. Yeah, you know, well, you know what I was trying. You know, you any hobby that you have, you want to look at education and learn and figure the stuff out. Yes, right. So become more knowledgeable and more okay. Let's do this next time. Yeah, and it's good to have someone to go along on the journey with you yes. and learn with you and grow with you. Yes, and and again, be that soundboard. Right. What do Absolutely. you think about this? Let's try that and and or have ideas you wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we like different beers, but we also have very much a commonality of beers too. Yeah, and that's good to have that overlap, I would imagine. I mean, it's been, uh, it wasn't until I think that we started brewing, I I realized kind of the complexity of uh, brewing itself, and also kind of, as we've been along this pathway here, um, we started out very simple. There's a a method called extract brewing, Mm -hmm. and I would advise for anybody that's interested in getting into home brewing, that's the way to go. A, it's going to... It's going to keep your process for you very simple. And then B, also the equipment that you're going to need to maintain very simple. Okay. And so we got into extract brewing and it wasn't until over the past year that we've gotten into all grain. And so there's different levels into brewing here that um, I feel is, as you go along in the hobby and, and your passions increase with it, that you'll be able to stage it appropriately. And I did some research on this because you guys have done it and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure it out here. Sure. <laughs> um, so my understanding, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, on the extract, so you you have the um, mash where you've kind of again mashed the grains and stuff together, and 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 maybe mash isn't the exact right word, but you've you've mixed them, you've got them the ready, wart. and that's wart. the wart, and yep. that's what you're going to then ferment. Mm-hmm. So rather than taking the grains and doing that yourself, you're able to basically acquire that already done. So you just kind of moved straight into the fermentation process. Correct. Right? Yes. Which it's makes following sense. steps. And the steps are not, I mean, there must be 35 steps, but it's easy and logical to figure it out, right? And Once you've done them and yes. <laughs> you're familiar with them, it's easy and logical. But the other part of it, which people don't, I think maybe don't understand, is the... Um, sanitation and the cleanliness mm-hmm. part of it mm-hmm. which is huge even for extract but going so you know as you brew beer and as you do this journey you really are always cleaning yes, yes. hopefully always sanitizing always cleaning the lines cleaning the kegs cleaning the bottles right so because you want to enjoy your hard work right yes so, but yes, it, the, you would buy a kit. It would come with all the grains. It would come with all the hops. It would come to the instructions. 
It would tell you, this is what you need to hit for your gravity initially. This is what you need to hit at the end. That calculates, there's a formula, calculates your ABV. Okay. Um, but it basically tells you everything you need to know for extract. And then you you got to do the hard work of sanitizing and bottling and storing. But, you know, and you do it on your stove. So you're, you're creating a six, seven gallons of uh, sterile sugar water that you feed <laughs> to yeast, and then they give you alcohol as a byproduct. And so essentially that's brewing. And there's a lot of uh, maintenance to detail in it, I feel. Um, you don't have to maintain detail, but you just you have expect variations within each brew, if that's the case. My yeah. perspective is a lot of hard work, because we would start at 9 or 10 in the morning mm-hmm. and not finish till 2 or 3. Oh, wow. So, like, that's a full-on... It's a full it's a day. Full day. Yeah, it's a full yeah. day. Not to say we were busy every single second, right? We'd mm-hmm. wait for stuff to boil. But, you know, you want that after that full day to have something that, you know, you can use, you can drink, you can share with your friends. That's mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Which kind of brings me to, since we've been dancing around this a little bit, some of the key questions, and this was mm-hmm. always, I think, part of the reason that my initial reaction was, that's cool. <laughs> And stop, right, is because if you, I'm guessing if you show any interest, the next thing is they want you to try it. And I was always, again, I'll be honest, a little nervous because this is beer that somebody Mm -hmm. brewed in their kitchen. And, you know, is it is it good? Is it safe? Is it all these things? So I think first and foremost, you guys covered, I mean, if it's done right and, and from everything I've seen. The vast majority of people who take any kind of pride in their homebrew have got that cleanliness down. They're cleaning, yeah. they're sanitizing, and they're doing all of that. It's you know what? It's a lot of uh, preparation, um, resources, and time that go into making a finished batch of beer. And you know you can half-ass a lot of things, but in this one, I feel it's going to show. And you're not going to have as good a beer, or you're going to open yourself up to having an infected batch. And you know, it's just the juice isn't worth the squeeze in that regard. Like if you're going to go try and put a month into making a finished beer, like you might as well do it right, I feel. And I think a lot of the community feels that way too. Yeah, yeah the last thing you know, as you go into, you know, you want a good byproduct. And so, you know, the, the, the best thing is to share it with friends, right? Yes. To say, you know, what's your profile? How do you like it? You know, I got a text from a friend the other day. I gave him a bottle uh, last brown. year called Nut Brown. And mm-hmm. he said, mmm, or meaning, you know, he really loved it. Right. So yeah. those are the kind of validations besides the fact that we love, you know, our brew. Yes. <laughs> you know, but there's some that we we absolutely love and some like, OK, we'll change it next time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, not growing up with knowing a home brewer, you know, I wasn't put in that position. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I can I can see. But when we've had people over, it hasn't been any stumbling block for us. Yeah. They can see how professional we take it and how serious we take it. So um, we don't get the questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had much exposure. So I think, yeah. and, and, you know, so again, it just was kind of common. So I didn't actually get to see it. I think yeah. if I had seen it and experienced it and known people yeah. a little bit more yeah. or, or been more directly involved with it, I, I would have been the same. And I got to say, I've got, you guys had four on tap and I'm working on number three and not three full ones, by the way, people. <laughs> um, you got these little tasters. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they've all been, so far, just actually, I, at this point, I think I've tasted all four, and they're all delicious. So first of all, thank you. well done. And thank, you. thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, and some of the stuff I saw, when and, and that, that is, I guess, my reaction is not completely foreign. Um, yeah. 
But but some of the thinking on that is, I mean, like exactly, I think getting back to what you guys are saying, you spend eight plus hours on this whole process. You're not going to make a beer, first and foremost, you're trying to make a beer you're going to like and enjoy, and you're going to be partaking in it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not throwing this together. You're not doing garbage. You're taking the cleaning and sanitation seriously. You're working on those flavors. So that's one, right? Number two, before I'm guessing, you're going to hand me one and say, hey, check this out. You've tried it yourselves. Absolutely. Once or twice. Absolutely. Yeah. And we do some taster tests and let's make sure, you know, it tastes good and you know, and, and we do call, right? Say, okay, let's take this one to the friend's Definitely have birthday some party. Stuff that did not turn out the best. Right. Yeah. So, but, that's but that's not the stuff you're there. saying, hey, exactly. check this out. You, you got to drink. You're having it. a little taster glass of that right now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. So I think that's key to remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, you guys have also, again, we were just saying, partaken of. The, the beer yes. and you're still alive yeah so if it was going to kill me <laughs> or make me sick in any way yep. uh you, you wouldn't have been there to put it in my hands i, I think a lot of the, the same metrics that you would use for just normally consuming beer does it does it look weird are there floaties in there um yeah. you know visual and you got your olfactor you're going to smell your beer does mm-hmm. that smell weird or off um you're not going to drink it if so you know I, I feel a lot of those same metrics apply to the homebrew and uh on our end of thing, anything that doesn't pass any of those tests right there, we probably wouldn't give any of our friends. Yes, yeah. and very, very much so. We're looking at the fermentation. Does it look weird? Does it, you know, smell weird? Yeah. We're a lot, we have checkpoints along the way yeah. that making sure um, we're there, not, we've never run across that. Now, there was a lot of consternation in learning um, this process along the way is, is that normal? What is that going on in the beer? Is that infected? But fortunately, we haven't had anything infected so far. We no. had stuff that just yeah. didn't turn out. Tasting yeah, well. but we've learned also the fermentation process for an extract beer looks different for the Krausen than it does for an all grain beer. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've learned to what is that, you know, and trying to understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the stumbling block of Hey, you know, analogous to me is like you're in a lunchroom, right? Do you take part in that brownie that's in the lunchroom? For our webcast listeners, uh, Krausen, the term that Jen just used, Sorry. it's the foam that builds on beer as it ferments. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because I'm always <laughs> curious about that. Yep. So, yeah, so uh, you, you will never see it as an end consumer, but it's there while beers are fermenting. And so, yeah, well, Krausen's a lot of time a health indicator in, in which you use to determine whether or not your beer is finished fermenting. Nice. Okay. And we've had some um, beers that, because we were testing temperature-wise, and temperature plays a huge part in it, um, you know, if we don't get it to build Krausen, it's not fermenting, it's not building, the yeast is not eating the sugars, you know. So, and so you're going to recognize that early on. Can yes. you then save it, or are you just kind of... So yes, okay, okay. yes, so we can adjust. But it's it's like looking, Googling first, look, for me at least, Spencer knew more. <laughs> Uh, what what do we do? You know, so I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, beers require uh, to help them be successful. Um, oxygenating them so that way your yeast have an environment they can thrive in. Um, just like people, they have a temperature range that they love and ones they hate. And knowing what yeast you're working with and exposing your beer to those those temperature ranges are going to help you. Um, making sure a that you also have the right amount of sugar that your recipe that you that you had planned for, that you actually got what you were planning for at the end to make sure your yeast are poised to, to do what they can to help you out. Um, what else am I missing there? Light. Uh, yeah. Yeast does not like sunlight, obviously, right. so you want to keep it in a, 
a dark environment. Um, and, you know, there's a difference between the ales and lagers. You went into a whole episode of lagers previously. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, lagers like cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we leave outside when it was cold in the winter. Ales I would do in my pantry. Mm-hmm. And you guys were pointing to a, uh, a fridge out there. They think it's going to be converted into a uh, or lagers, correct? Well, actually, I wanted to, to put a note out there because it wasn't until someone mentioned this to us. Um, we, we'd strictly done a lot of ale brewing because... Um, Ales love to ferment at room temperature. So for a home brewer that's looking to get started, I would highly advise getting into ales to begin with because um, they're going to be the least temperamental that you have to deal with. Pretty much the temperature you like in your apartment is where you can leave them to ferment. It's where you start getting into to lagers where um, those are a little more specific on temperature ranges they like to maintain, specifically in the mid-50s. And for that reason, Jen and I had always kind of locked those out of our mind in, in fermenting lagers. And... It wasn't until we talked to somebody that was way more seasoned than us and actually owned a brewery. And he said, what, what are you guys doing? He said, just take advantage of the cold months here and just leave it outside. Oh, that and makes sense. that's exactly <laughs> what we did. And so this yeah. year was yeah. our first batch of loggers that we just completed. And they've all been pretty successful. So, Natural yeah. refrigeration. Exactly. exactly. I love it. And we do have um, equipment like a big black bag for outside. A, to keep out the critters. Yep. Sunlight. <laughs> Be oh, sunlight. sunlight. Yeah. Right. And, you know, check it every every morning. Kind of like, is there Krauss and is there not? And that's for me, that's the the thrill of you, you brewed a batch and all uh-huh. of a sudden you add the yeast, you oxygenate and you're ready. And then all of a sudden it starts to foam and build the Krauss. And that for me is the excitement of, OK, here we go. Yeah, that's the process. Yeah, I see that like because I, I enjoy gardening. And so I can see that like you've made the garden plant and you start seeing the, the little mm-hmm. sprouts yeah. coming up. And that's like, I see that as that yeah. part. And then when you're done with the garden, you get to pick it and you chop it and you you make yeah. your meal with it and you get to enjoy it. And that is like the most satisfactory feeling in the world. Cause you're like, I grew this, I made, I cooked this yeah. and I enjoyed it. And I gotta be, imagine that's the same yeah. when yes. you brew a good beer, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were like, we want to repeat this. Yeah, <laughs> do it again more. Well, I think also, I mean, we've gotten to a point now where it's been exciting because um, the evolution of, home brewing and uh we started out doing the extract kits we've gotten into all grain which all grain feels way more primal when it comes to brewing because this is how people have been brewing beer for millennia yeah <laughs> um going you know using harvested grains and then uh but we've been still following kits and recipes and so we're finally now getting to a point where we're making our own recipes and whether or not they're going to be good we'll see but you know it's kind of cool to to strike out and be like hey maybe someone's never made this beer before yeah. And, uh, and, you know, try and test some different things yeah. out here. And, you know, that's it. kind of a, the foray of we could have continued to make recipes. And that's, you know, whether you're extract or you're all grain, you still can follow a recipe. Yeah. yeah. Right? You don't have to, oh, what are we doing here? You know, you can still have, for me, the way I learn, too, is by visual as well and reading. So I'd like to have the steps, right? Yes. So to do that. And I think it's Spencer has intuitively knows what to do on these. So I think we balance each other out. But, you know, for the L's and loggers, I think it was, you know, a natural progression. Sure. You know, that's the thing I, I want to make sure, too, is you just have to be open to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be open to trying things. And it's okay if you only do a couple of brews. Um, we, you know. We'd also, I mean, we've gone through a lot of the extract kits. And we got into a point where we realized that there was more variety in the all grain. I think that probably yeah. precipitated that change a little bit as well. And then 
you know, outside of that, even um, once we got into all grain, we realized that we were kind of not bound anymore to just getting a bag of, um, you know, malt, sugar, essentially to add to a, a boiling um, kettle of water. Like all of a sudden we could say, hey, I want to, I've had that beer before. It's it's located in Louisiana. I've had that last time I was in Boston. I want to, I want to try that beer. From here in California, we can actually just go ahead and find um, on the, you know, there's tons of great brewing communities. We can find that recipe and we can brew five gallons of that beer here ourselves. And make it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it's not going to be necessarily what they're pouring right out of their tap handles. But, you know, for the most part, it's close enough for us that it's great. It's in our garage and yeah. ready to go. I think I look at style too. What kind of style do I want? Mm-hmm. You know, do I want more of a light ale? Right. Um, easy drinker. I tend to be more of an easy drinker. Okay. You know, as opposed to the high ABV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I can Alcohol drink. by volume, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, because I can drink some more, you know, um, but it's funny too, as also home brewers, people think you drink all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people think I'm a luxurious <laughs> this, and, and I'm really not. I swear, <laughs> it's just learning and enjoying exactly. on occasionally at the right time. But anyway, right. so the same for you guys, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you always have a beer in your no. <laughs> no, the fact that I will say the fact that we actually have a keyser now, we can pour our own beers. You know, um, going out to drink somebody else's beer, we're a little more critical. Because mm-hmm. we enjoy our beer. Yeah. And right? you guys can know. You can, I guess it's kind of like uh, like anything else. Like, I mean, if you're a baker, you would notice little yeah. things that, you know, you wouldn't elsewhere. I find it's also impacted how much we honestly go out to breweries nowadays. Yeah. Because uh, not to cast light on anybody here locally, but, like, it's just we find that um, some of the places we've gone, we brew pretty good beers. Not that, like, I feel like brewing good beers, like, it's all subjective. Um, mm-hmm. But it's impacted like, hey, did you want to go out and, and check out this place tonight? Or we just had this come on tap last week. Just rather stay in. It makes that much more yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. And we're both uh, cooks, too. Mm-hmm. So we like to cook. We always like to have a full stomach. Yep. <laughs> Necessary when having a beer. You got to eat and then drink. But yeah, you know, I like to support the, the craft beer community, too. And for me, craft beer is important. You know, uh, I belong to um, a brewery that, you know, I've belonged to for probably 10 years, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little startups, you know, we're interested in the, the more approachable you are as a home brewer, the better. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Even, even this, the, the startups for, you know, trying to do a tap room or like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, whether, you know, who knows where this, it's going to take us, but yeah. it's an evolution for sure. Well, it's a fun journey. And yeah. I think like you're saying too, there's a, there's a, a space for everything, right? It's just like, you know, you got your space for your box of craft Mac and cheese, right? <laughs> you got your space for cooking at home. You got your yeah. space for restaurants. You got your space for your fast food, you know, and your high fine oh. dining. And, and I think this is just one of those little, little spots where it's good and, and it kind of fits in there. And, and I can totally see that. I mean, it's like, hey, we can go there and, and spend some money and eat right. and whatever. Or we can stay here, maybe even have a couple friends over and we're all going to eat good and drink good. And you know it. Exactly. <laughs> so. And it's funny because we've had some beers that we really, really liked. And um, the term blow means, you know, the, the keg, the beer's out. Mm. <laughs> so okay. the keg's blown. So you just get foam, right? So and that's like, got to be a oh, sad shoot. moment. <laughs> right? yes. but you know what? We can just brew. There you um, go. Again. So, and we've ramped up production of brewing since we have the keyser. Mm-hmm. So. That makes it a lot easier. Maintaining 
200 bottles on hand. Like, yeah. All of a sudden it eliminates that. And then I guess to circle around on one thing that um, you guys had mentioned earlier when you were asking about ABV, just mm-hmm. um, so I've lived in Portland for a year and a half. And I feel one of the things that when I came to Portland that I discovered were these metrics that were on every board at every brewery I saw that I'd never encountered before, which were ABV, IBU, and OG. And so for those of you that are listening that don't know what those are, so ABV is alcohol by volume. Uh, you've probably encountered this before. Usually a beer is going to be around 4%, 5%. You get your IPAs, they're going to be higher. Yeah, and um, it'll say that on the bottle. Yep, usually. And now here's a quick question because I did notice out on the teaser, mm-hmm. God. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Hang in there with me. On the Keyser, you actually had the ABV on there. Yes. How do you guys calculate? I think you alluded to it maybe actually, earlier. Actually, it's good that you because you were, uh, the, the OG we were just talking about, that's the original gravity. So okay. when you brew a beer, um, so water is 1.000 on a gravity scale. Okay. And so that's our, that's our baseline there. And so anything past that, so we all of a sudden we have this, Water solution's got a bunch of sugar in it, so it's going to weigh more. Mm-hmm. And so when you brew your beer, you actually use a hygrometer to measure the gravity of the beer. So how much, it's, it's kind of like how much it weighs, basically. Exactly. So Interesting. Uh, usual beer is around 1.055, okay. around there. And so what you do is you can tell how close your beer is to being completed with fermentation by where it's at on gravity. Oh, you're pulling out the equipment here. This so is awesome. So you'll start awesome. with 1.055, and you'll subtract it from the final gravity. Okay. And then you'll multiply that number by 131, and that gives you your ABV. Interesting. That is awesome. Okay. So And so it, when you're saying it says OG on the board. So you'll see that. You'll know that a, a beer that's Oh, got, that's what it's. It's got a higher OG. Now OG You'll is. know that it's going to be thicker. It's going to be a more sugary beer. Okay. I guess I shouldn't say sugary. It'll be a thicker beer. A thicker beer. Exactly. Okay. So... Uh, we got AP, ABV, OG, OG, and then IBU. IBU. International bitter units. Okay. And so when you see something that's got uh, an IBU listed next to it, you can, for the most part, take that as an indication of how bitter that beer is going to be. Okay. So a, um, for the most part, an IP, IPA is going to be around 85. Got it. Okay. Um, some of our, our lower end, kind of like the light loggers, mm-hmm. are going to be 30, 45. Okay. Um, we have Pliny the Elder, which is one national awards, international awards for a decade now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's super IPA. It's around 120 IBU. Oh, I was wondering if 100 maxed out, but apparently yeah, not. Yeah, no, okay. I don't know what the max is on the scale. It's actually, um, you calculate IBU from the total hop bill of okay. uh, what you use in your beer and how oh, okay. efficiently those are converted and utilized, and that actually dictates how bitter your beer is going to be. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, this is awesome. That that's I love to learn this stuff. There's a lot of science involved in it. There really, really is. A I mean, lot. that's what I've learned. I mean, any kind of alcohol process. I mean, it's it's really. Well, you I, hope there's science. Chemistry or science. Then, yeah, yeah, you yeah, probably don't want to drink it. Yeah, stay away from that one. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap pretty quick. But before we do, I mean, do you guys have any? Words of advice, uh, worst ever stories, anything you want to share before uh, before we part here? Hmm. Worst ever stories. Fortunately, knock on wood, we haven't had the, any worst ever stories yet. The worst ever story could be potentially we've had a couple of near boilovers, which means that you have um, this uh, syrupy, 
uh, violently hot concoction boiling in your kettle that reaches goes past the boiling point and then it just pretty much explodes all over your kitchen. We had a couple That's of a times mess. where it was right there on the edge of that occurring. Yeah. So and it's know. not fun and not easy to clean. No, I would imagine, <laughs> and <laughs> it's going to be that. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it, you know, different. You're not perfect every single time. No. Right. There's different things that go wrong. And as soon as we start to change the dynamic of, okay, you do this, I do that, you know, you get used to it. Muscle memory, you get used to what you're used to doing and what you're used to thinking about. Mm-hmm. But um, so I would say don't be a huge perfectionist, even though you, you can mm-hmm. on certain things, because you're never going to brew any beer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfection can come later. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in for me, it's like the... If you want to get into it and you're interested in it and you like beer and you go out to craft breweries and you like beer, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much um, the think that you have to have space for it. Do you have to have a garage? You don't. Right? Yeah. And that yeah. it's approachable. Um, I think a lot of people um, that I've talked to said, well, it seems like too much of an ordeal for me. Mm-hmm. Um I would say, hey, you know, it's it's great to have a partner too. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, doing it yourself is fine, but Mm -hmm. you know, definitely bouncing ideas off a partner would be beneficial too. But you can you can currently make it your own and what you want to do. Well, it sounds like if there's any interest, give it a go, right? I mean, and I I'll have to say I'm intrigued, and I think I'm going to be (laughs) giving it a go here soon. Um, Well, sure, you can. You know, Spencer and I can be you know help out wherever you need. Like, hey, what did I do this wrong? I guarantee I'll you know? be reaching out and saying, hey, help me out here. Um, so so to kind of leave with a couple things, I thought, because now that I want to try it, there was some just little things. And, and one, it said start slow, which I think you yeah. guys also indicated. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, which I thought was kind of fun, is it just said uh, grain, hops, and yeast, they want to become beer. And all you have to do is show them the way. And That's a good way to do mm-hmm. it. Sure. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yes. Everybody's got their own way, I'm sure, that they develop on how to introduce all of them together mm-hmm. uh embrace embrace online communities and, and yeah. as you're learning that homebrewtalk.com um I, I i've always ascribed to the adage of there's there's no stupid people or there's no stupid questions there's stupid people out there, <laughs> there and uh you know what homebrew talk has made me feel better about anything that i might have thought as stupid previously someone else has tried it and they've at least written it up and let me know that hey yeah i tried that it didn't work or it did work so you know yeah. Yeah. Use and your there's, communities. there's a lot of big words out there don't be afraid of it you know um you know you'll learn as you go i like it you know and that's that's the thing is it's become a passion and when i talk to people i light up because i really love what i do for the hobby well it clearly comes through in you both know? of you guys so yeah. it, it's because that i found something right yeah whether it's painting or whether you know it's running or whatever it's something that you can hold up with pride yeah. and say i made this and 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 look at it and enjoy and in this case partake and yeah. enjoy it with yeah, pride agree. with pride i agree awesome well, for a summary of everything we talked about today, uh, if you got any ideas for future topics, questions, etc., you can uh, contact us at theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Uh, if you like spending time with us, uh, please subscribe to the podcast, rate us, give us stars, all the good stuff. And until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. 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 Thanks, Mark. Thank you.